Allison Robertson, actor, personal development coach, motivational speaker, and podcast host of the Con Artist Podcast. As a solution-focused uh, coach for over 12 years, Allison has learned that we never move forward, whether it be with our career, our relationships, or our personal development, as long as we are living in the chaos. And until we are able to find harmony, not balance, in life, creating the life you want is not going to be possible. Her book, Enoughness, The Simple Truth to Embracing You, allowed Allison to set up the space to help you create the life you deserve starting today. If you want to know more, this is, I added this, we discuss here creates a desire for you to dive deeper, get her book. It just feels um, good. I love it. So I just put, when I was writing down my notes of things to talk to you about, I just put, oh my gosh, Allison, I feel like there's a soul connection in reading your book and we'll dive in, but I feel like in our phone call conversation, um, everything, I just felt, you know, you're, you're, you're doing such great work and it's the work that I'm, I'm just have committed to as well. So I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited too. I know I felt that same way on the phone call. It was like, <clears throat> and it's such a, it was such a disadvantage because I didn't get to see you. Do you know what uh -huh. I mean? I'm such a, I'm such a visual person. I need to see people. And so now seeing you is even, even more of a treat. Yeah. Yeah. You too. Um, so we have a mutual connection. The person that introduced us together is Alex Kyle Young, uh, a mutual student. Um, he's just taken off. He's just on a, on a spiritual, like a forgiveness quest. And I feel like that is in large part due to, to you and his willingness to jump in. What, what is it that you do exactly? What, what do you, when you visualize one of uh, the people that you work with, when you visualize the, the outcome, what's one of the things that you do to ground yourself in that relationship? That's a really fantastic question. Um, first of all, any of my coaching, anything that I do with people, um, my biggest uh, desire for somebody is for them to be left more with themselves than they are left with me. So even though I am the the guider or I'm the coach or I'm the, the scene expert, I'm using air quotes with that. Um, it's really my clients guiding what, what we're doing um, because it's their desire, it's their dream, it's their want. So, but my gift is I see people in completion. I see them as big as they're gonna be or even bigger. So when they tell me that they want something or they, or they sheepishly say, I want to be a series regular, or I want to write a book, or I want to start a company. I'm like, I see it. Yes, let's build it. I see people in completion. I see them without their fears. I see them without their insecurities. I see them that their flaws are their superpower. So I, I guess that's that's the starting point for me is that when someone comes to me as a client, I'm like, yes, I'm behind your dream. I'm behind what you want. I'm your champion. So we start there. And then the other step is just how to do the work, how to stay committed, how to be accountable. Because sometimes all we need is just someone to believe in us. That's all. That is all. Uh, you know, I sometimes say to my boyfriend, oh, Yes, I see you see it. I can't wait for you to get this win because then you're going to see what I see. 
It's so important. I uh, look at it like this. I, I take my hand, imaginary, and I reach into the depths of their chest. Mm-hmm. And I pull out that deep thing, that child, like, and you speak about this in your book, but that child within them. And I go here, here is the possibility. Here is the dream. Here is the vision here. And I'm going to hold that up to you and hold you to account for that until you feel it. And once you feel it, then you'll understand and you'll see it. That comes to the table, you having experienced it yourself, right? Whether it be the support through mentorship that you've had, or uh, one morning or one moment waking up and going, oh my gosh, I know that this is in me. And it's that whisper, I call it the petrification. So I do this thing called lava seat. And if we ignore it, it just becomes gradually purified, but it's always there, like this little mm-hmm. whisper. So talk to me about some of the things or, or a mentor that's come into your life, uh, your own and being self-mentored as well. Um, what were some of the things that really started you listening to that other voice, not just the actor voice, but then, cause I love the story about Corey Mm, and I don't you. feel like I got the end of the story, but maybe it's later chapters that I haven't dove into. No, I mean, he's a full grown up, right? I mean, he's a full grown up, married, um, has a brilliant career. He's, you know, amazing person. But uh, to, to speak on that, um, here's the thing. I think my own personal journey has been two things. One is people who have reflected things to me. And the things that I have resisted, the things that I have resisted have taught me more about who I am than anything. Um, And usually it's the things that I'm resisting is what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, my whole life, I've been told I was a coach and I ignored it and I ignored it and I ignored it because I believed if I was anything other than an actor, then I wasn't being true to who I was. And the truth is I was just limiting myself. Mm -hmm. I was limiting my other gifts, my other passions, right? But I'm 50 now, so I can look back and see that. So I'm, I'm so, I try to be so generous of spirit with people when I say to them, no, hang on, you're more than that. You can do multiple things. You can be multi-hyphenate. I just don't want you to be scattered. I want you to be focused on those things. So, so my own reflections came from people really holding up and saying, do you know that you're doing this? Do you see that you're living this way? And sometimes it, it made me realize as a mentor and as, as someone that can guide somebody or hold up that own reflective mirror was that sometimes you have to speak what you want. If not, it could float right past you and you won't know to grab it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we are so afraid to say what we want. We are so afraid to say, I want a family. I want to make a million dollars. I want to be on a series. I want to write a book. I want to go on vacation. We're afraid to say it. Please say it and fail so we can do it again. So you get it. Don't be afraid to say it. Please say it. Speak it into existence. And doing that. Yes. Because the universe listens to that. And and when you say it out loud, whether it be to your supportive network of, of, of family and friends, Um, you say it out loud so that you yourself can hear it. You say it to the universe. The universe ends up coming in to provide that because it knows what you're asking for, right? Um, This is usually a question that I ask toward the end, but it's appropriate here, um, is how do I want to be seen? 
Yes. How do you want to be seen? Because we can start, we can start with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really interesting because, you know, how I want to be seen has changed, ha- has changed in my own interpretation. But if I, but honestly, it's really been the same way. And I've always wanted to be seen as kind and generous. And I was taught that by my parents. Mm -hmm. They were always kind and generous. Does that mean they never said a mean word about somebody or they aren't human? No, but the foundation is, and I say it in my book, right? Always give somebody what you have give them your mind, your means and meatballs. <laughs> so give them, right. You, you give people what you have and that's being kind and being generous. And I think that's something in our industry. I'm speaking of show business now where people get a lack of generosity because they get a, a scarcity going that I don't want to share my agent. I don't want to share my contacts. I don't want to share my teachers. I don't want to share what there's enough for everybody. Please be kind and be generous. And if someone is doing something, they're on stage or they're producing something or they've gone out on a limb, please don't criticize it. Please hold it up. It may not be to your standards. It may not be to your taste. It may not be to your liking, but do not criticize somebody for something that you yourself has not done. We as artists need to be generous and kind. Yes, I agree. I mean, you know, I was in a situation once where a friend of mine was critiquing somebody that was doing a a Golden Globes performance or something like this. And this friend of mine has an extraordinary voice. And I said, until you're doing it, (laughs) you cannot (laughs) criticize or defame a person. You have an incredible gift. You get to go share it. Until then, no criticism, no judgment, right? No, because here's the thing, that is just your reflection. And unfortunately, if you're criticizing or complaining and blaming, right? You know what happens to your artist when it gets up on stage or it goes to expose itself? It gets in fear that the audience is doing the same thing that you're doing. And that's a terrible way to to live as an artist. So wouldn't it be wonderful if you just thought, now look, I'm not saying we all walk around going sunshine and unicorns and everybody's brilliant because not everybody is. But what I'm saying is let's not criticize someone's effort. Yeah. Because people that have the moxie or the tenacity or the fearlessness to put something up or expose their talent, I say as artists and as a community, we need to support that and applaud that. I don't know about you, but I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation with Allison. It's really interesting how she is so direct and welcoming and approachable in her delivery. We've covered some of the talking points in other interviews, and it's worth a listen just to really fully digest now what she's saying. We move forward into a conversation around support and elevation of other artists and other people, furthering the conversation around abundance. Blessing that I had with my parents was Mm -hmm. that they were like, okay, go. And then I would fall on my butt and they would pick me up and like right then and lift me up and send me out again, go fall. (laughs) And, you know, and learning that. And that's what 
that's what I'm hearing you say is, is that we get to support people for being that strong. Yes, I mean, it, here's the thing. It, the, with our industry, we are the product. And I know that people don't like to talk about that sometimes when we're talking about creativity or artistry, but at the end of the day, it's show business, right? And, and I think a lot of, I'm assuming your listeners and I know my clients, you know, they want to create a career. They want to create a livelihood. They want to have an income with this talent, this pursuit. So if you're somebody that's just creating art for art's sake, God bless you. That is a wonderful place to be. But I think a lot of the people that we're in contact with are doing this as a living, as a career. So yes, you have your artistry. Yes, you have your creativity, but you're also a product. So it, you, there's not a lot of distance between yourself, your ego, your heart, your mind, your soul, and this product, right? I mean, Johnson & Johnson has Band-Aids. They're able to separate from the company and the product. They're able to have distance. We as creatives, we don't have that luxury, right? So when someone criticizes us or constructive criticism, it's a little harder to take, right? Because it's so close because it's us. But I think that is where a team is so important. A team, a board of directors, three to six people that you really trust. So you're able to get a, a nice sense of self and your talent and your business. You don't want yes people. You don't want no people. You don't want critical people, but you want people that can reflect to you where you can grow and, and where, you're, where you're doing it just right, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. We discuss further here the value of team and how important it is for a team to be reflective of each other, to offer feedback, and to be supportive and elevating inside that unit. And not only is team a reflection of who we are, our environment, and all the elements and categories of our tangible life experience is also feedback for us. Here we go into a little bit more detail with Allison's expertise on the subject. We're talking about blowing up the picture and uh, vision and what you want is a feeling the picture could be slightly different or 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 varied from from your expectations i i don't believe in expectations but we know we know what we want and sometimes that in a moment in your life you speak to people at 45 40s turning into an actor becoming an actor um uh, the man who wrote the book that i'm named after louis lamour didn't start writing until he was 50. so so everything is possible anything is possible vision and in that movement everything is feedback okay i know mm -hmm. that's a lot but feedback environment who you are when you wake up in the morning and that feedback is your relationships your environment it's all telling you something yes right? yes yes yeah it's all it's, reflection it's all I believe the name of the game for anybody to have any type of growth in their world, right? Uh, and I think that's why currently in the pandemic, we're having such a difficult time as artists, as humans, as a society, because we have lost our reflection. We've lost our feedback. And as much as we complain about being busy or, you know, um, I always say, you know, oh, I have to go to happy hour with my girlfriends. No, I get to go to happy hour with my girlfriends. Yes. It's a much different, right? 
But now that we've been locked down and we've been away from our loved ones and we've been so isolated, we really know the effects of the difference between I have to and I get to, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have lost that feedback. And I think, I think if you go through your life and you, you yourself can, I'm sure, attest to this, where a feedback has absolutely altered your course mm -hmm. for the good. Yeah. Or a reflection or someone reflected something about you that you maybe needed to alter or adjust because you weren't your best self. Mm -hmm. So I think feedback and reflection creates vision for us, creates the next step for, for us. Mm -hmm. So I think right now, artists and creatives especially need to be incredibly aware that our feedback and, and our reflections are very limited right now. So I ask everyone to readjust and recalibrate on where are you getting your feedback? Where is your fuel coming from? Where is your inspiration coming from? Because I don't know about you, but my four walls and my five family members are not enough. And I don't come from a place of lack. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly saying, how can I do this? How can I charge myself? Where is my reflection coming from? Because I can't be my best creative self without feedback. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, my experience with COVID has actually been one of extraordinary, extraordinary opportunity. And <laughs> when, when it all started, uh, I was doing an interview on a radio show and, and I said, what's, you know, if, if you don't want to be home, then that's feedback. If you don't like your environment, then that's feedback. Love that. I love if, that. And, and, and so the, while our, our feedback in terms of social uh, in-person relationships, right, uh, the, the, the group settings, um, that's not an opportunity for us to be, have feedback in that. But I, I experience it as an even greater opportunity, a unique, I shouldn't say greater, a unique opportunity to acknowledge the feedback that COVID and this experience is giving us, not only politically and socially, but if, if I'm in a, and that's one thing that I wish uh, politicians and leaders would be saying, if you're not safe in your environment, here's the number, right? This is an opportunity for you to change things. Yes. Right? Yes. Because out of adversity and chaos is always opportunity. There's always opportunity. It's just a question of how you're looking at it. And what a beautiful time to re That's my point is to reevaluate. If you are at home and don't know how to be creative, sitting in your four walls, something to evaluate. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who's creative and you need others to create, something to evaluate. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's an is thing. So let's just figure, then you have to just figure out where's the opportunity, right? Did you don't, say it's an is thing? Yes, okay. it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's an is thing, yes. right? Neutral. Um, it's sort of like when my kids were little and they'd say, why? I said, it's not a why question. It's just not, it's just an is, it's an is question. So. <laughs> because I said, so. that's another way of saying because I said so. <laughs> but it's, but, but it's, it's, it's less dictator, right? It's less, it's just, how do we accept what's in front of us? Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. How do we accept what's in front of us? And then make a decision on what our next step is. And I think that's the beauty of where we are right now is that pause, is that slowing down to look around and say, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? This is because the life you've created. Mm -hmm. 
Now what? what else is possible? And I say that with all the optimism and hope and excitement and smiles that people can't see, but I, I'm saying it with all this excitement, right? Yeah. Look at it that way. What if the glass was absolutely half full right now? What if this was the reset? What if this was the breakdown to have the breakthrough? That's exactly what this is. This is an opportunity. It is a breakdown. It's a breakdown in many systems, right? And, 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 and it, it goes, here you are, here's your, here's your reflection, here's your team, here's your, the people that love you. That is a reflection of you. So it's, it's no shame and no blame and no, it's just an acknowledgement. Okay, cool. It's neutral. And what do I want? And going back to that question that you asked, this is the time to ask that question. What do you want? Because it is possible. Because all those systems are changing. I have said this since the middle of COVID. I said, if you have a script in you, or you have a song in you, or you have something that you want to express please do it right now. Do not let that it has to be done virtually or it can't be done in an audition room or it can't be done on a stage. Please get it out there because I truly believe the rules are gonna change. Mm -hmm. Everything, it's going to be like the wild, wild west. We do not know what's gonna come out of this. And I have a very sneaky suspicion, it's still this way, that that person that you probably couldn't get a hold of a year ago or two years ago, you probably can get a hold of them now. They are probably going to read your email. They may even read your script because guess what? They're doing the same thing you are. Mm -hmm. They're sitting at home saying, what next? What do I do? Now I'm speaking about creatives, people with a nine to five job, people who, whose lives have not really changed work-wise because they're, maybe they're just working remotely. I'm not speaking to that. I'm speaking to the creative that saw a mountain in front of them. I'm saying now there might not be a mountain. There might be just a little plateau that you just need to have the fearlessness, the confidence to climb up a little bit, make a phone call, send an email, reach out, believe in yourself. That's what I'm talking about. Each one of these interviews, I really clarify to the audience because this is you know a wide, wide range audience. And, and I am speaking to and want this to go out to, to young artists and trying to navigate their way and I'm also speaking to that person in middle America somewhere or um, somewhere in, in the world that, that is saying, you know, is victimized to their circumstance or is saying, because we are all creatives. Everyone, you're working a nine to five job. I guarantee you there's something that you wanna do. This is the opportunity, right? right? I mean, I speak about that in my book about people with a gift versus a passion. Yes. Everybody has a gift and a passion, right? Whether you're an accountant, maybe you're an accountant who knits baby, booties at night. That's creative. Or, you know, maybe you're a school teacher who plays the guitar. There, everyone has a creative outlet. I'm just saying it's, please acknowledge it. Please let it, let it fuel you. It, you don't have to make a living out of it. You don't have to make a living out of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when people can really pull their gifts and passions apart, their lives can become bigger. And it weaves itself into all the other aspects of your life, for sure. Correct. Correct. Going back to beingness of kindness and generosity, mm -hmm. uh, that question of how do I want to be seen is woven into all of those compartments, right? Absolutely. So, whereas one, you were a kind and generous actress and still mm -hmm. are in that possibility. 
And now you're a kind and generous uh, transformational uh, coach, right? And you are that, that is your essence. That is our truth. That is our joy, right? Yes. Mine is uh, uh, responsible, courageous, loving, generous, uh, you know, optimistic joy, you know, um, those are my commitments every day. And no matter what it is that I'm doing, I remind myself of that. And then to have a vision, which is really simple, I'm committed to global unity. <laughs> it's just simple, right? Mm -hmm. And or creating global unity. And then I ask myself in any kind of moment where I'm like at odds with myself or fighting against something, I just back up and I say, am I in that space where I'm creating global unity? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the mechanisms will always appear. I know that storytelling, script writing, acting, directing, public speaking, mentorship are all mechanisms that are going to get me there but there might be one that I don't know of and I get to be open to that. And you speak to that also in your book. I love the, uh, the, the separation of gift and passion, your gift. Mm -hmm. So the gift is something that you're born with. Yeah. Path, path, when path comes down, right? I, um, uh, on, on my podcast, The Con Artist, we just interviewed uh, someone who is a, a, a bead craft she does crafts with beads and and she discovered it and then discovered that she was of the one nation was it from the she was adopted and didn't know she was of the one nation heritage so i said my gosh talk about path coming down you know uh, she just she just naturally knew how to do this bead work as a little girl and and that's what i'm talking about and a gift i'm talking about doesn't have to be of the artistic type, mm -hmm. right? You might be incredible with people. You might be incredible with numbers, but it's something you've been doing since you were a little, little child. I have always been able to understand people emotionally and be able to move them from point A to point B. I have been doing it since I was in kindergarten. I can just remember understanding where people were emotionally and being able to move them out of whatever emotional state they were in. There you mm -hmm. go. Um, uh, what was the moment that you realized this? Because everybody listen to this. There is a moment in our lives that we can reflect back on. And I know what mine was where I recognized what my gift was mm -hmm. and I heard it loud and clear, nine years old. What mm -hmm. was that moment for you? Can you, can you pinpoint that moment? Yeah. And it's going to sound really bizarre. I may not have been able to give it the language I'm giving it at 50, but I can remember the moment of being like in first grade with a girl named Kathy Winksbeck. I mean, I can't make this up. And I can remember helping her, caring for her emotionally, right? And I can, re and it started off because I knew she was upset with me, right? And I just felt it throughout my whole body. I understood, I, I, my empath was turned on, absolutely. At that first grade, as a first grader. Right. And that I remember being electrified of being able to feel a room, feel somebody's energy, feel somebody's emotions, feel somebody's emotions. Um, and I'm an only child. So I didn't have a lot of reflection as far as like a lot of people. And I just remember it setting it off. And then I'm and being in high school is when I really knew how my how much people were asking me for help or 
I was the go-to of problem solvers. Not because people were in trouble. I just had those answers. So I just thought it was something everybody did. I didn't know that it was something unique. Um, I just thought it was because I was an only child. I was a good listener. I just, I, I always equated it to just being why my life was that way. So um, what, what you, what's your gift, Rio, may I ask? So I was playing um, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, uh, or Tom Sawyer in Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn at uh -huh. the Paris Community Theater in Paris, Texas. Uh, and it was one of my first productions. And uh, we shared the role of Tom because we were all so young. And um, I was on stage and something happened painting the set or painting the fence or something, something happened and the audience just started laughing. They just started laughing and I turned to them and I looked at them and I froze and they just continued to laugh some more. And so in, and again, I don't know, it, somewhere in that acknowledgement was what you were saying. I don't know if I had the words then, but I knew that I could make an entire room laugh. Mm. I could move the feelings and emotions of an entire room. And it was in that, and I turned right back around, started painting the fence, they laughed even harder. And it was just, oh, whatever it was I did, I gave them joy, <laughs> you know? It, it, you, it got, you got turned on, it turned you on, it turned on that thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's a gift. Mm -hmm. um, my business partner, Melissa, who you brought up, her gift, is that she can organize anything. And I truly mean anything. It doesn't matter how big of the organization is. It doesn't matter how small, she just can do it. And whenever we collaborate with people, I'll say to people, no, 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 no. Just, just give Melissa all the details. Just, it's okay. They're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, don't, and don't help her. Please don't. Because that's her brain. She just is like, okay, here's, here's what we're doing in 10 days. Here's what we're doing in five days. Here's, here's the emails I've got. Like she just has that organizational gift. Um, now on the flip side of that, what is the passion? The passion is the thing that you will do no matter what, anytime, anywhere, any place for money, for not money. For me, it is performing. I would love to perform in an Emmy award-winning show. I will also perform in a church basement because I have a passion for performing, mm. right? That's that's, but once I separated, you understand for so long, I walked around going, my gift is that I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. My gift is I'm an actor. I was so confused. Now, Melissa using Melissa, my business partner, again, her passion is absolutely children. Mm. She just understands children. She, she was my nanny. I mean, you, you people hear this in my book, right? This is how our partnership was born. She, but she understands children like nobody's business and she'll do it for pay. And now she has a, a beautiful family of her own, but she just, that's her gift and her passion. But imagine her walking around and you have talents in between. You have a gift and a passion and talents in between. So if people can separate this out, imagine how much bigger their world just got. Mm -hmm. And imagine how much more, um, how much more use they can be to the world and to themselves once they figure this out. Mm -hmm. What's it's your passion? It's in, it's interesting because I've I've over the past couple of years I've struggled with um, what you just said, 
because I'm I I've always been an actor. I've always been a director, um, and or, or produce so that I can create an opportunity to act or direct. Yeah. And there, you know, it was probably around 2017 where I just found myself in this place of glorious content, not content, mm. content. And I had succeeded as an actor. I had, had had traveled the world. It was an amazing experience. Found my life partner, um, beautiful home, uh, big yard. So I'm looking around and this is, you know, this is, I mean, it's a small home, you know, it's like a two bedroom, one bath, it's little. And then we want to buy in a couple of years. But I'm looking at the feeling that I have around me and I go, oh my gosh, I'm so, I've done it. Now what? And done it was that 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 image of, of what the actor was pursuing, the, the, the director was pursuing. And now I'm, and then I'm being called to be a interviewer on panels, to, to host events, to, and, and I have to listen to that because something in there is a gift, something in there is a talent. And I'm, and I, I, I was like, no, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to be a mentor. I'm not supposed to be a teacher, right? <laughs> no, ah, no, but I love it. And I'm being called to do it. So I get to listen to that. And then what I'm moving into now is this opportunity to take those skills as an actor and as a director and as a producer and an artist and a creator and create something unique with that experience. I share here with Allison a vision for a show that I want to create in a couple of years. And then we move forward into the concept of when we let go of an attachment to results and an attachment to an idea, then we are open to receiving gifts from the universe that we would not possibly expect. And that came to me once I let go of, no, I'm not supposed to be this. Yes. So is your passion storytelling? Yes. And I didn't know that specifically until a couple but of years ago. Because you'll do it whether you're being paid or not paid. I mean, of course, like, listen, we all need to make, a, I don't want you know anyone to hear that it's not, but you know you would do it because it's, you have to, it's a passion. Like you, you have to have that vision come out. And here's something I want to give you, you know, the pick, the thing that screws us up the most is the picture of how it was supposed to be. And I think if people can really let that sink in and we can then let that go, right? I, I use this and it's so dated and people get mad at me, but you know, a, a little girl says, oh, I want to get married at 25 and I want to have my first baby at 28. And, um, and by 30, I have my second baby and she's 32 and doesn't have a boyfriend. She feels she's a failure right? Because what screws us up is the picture of how it was supposed to be, as opposed to seeing she went and got her undergraduate, and now she's worked on her master's, and now she's, you know, running a company, and she's financially independent. She can't see all the great, all the good that she created, because she's still chasing a vision that she maybe created when she was 12 or 15. Yes, and what we're creating when we're creating a vision is we're creating a feeling, right? So mm -hmm. that, you know, when you ask the universe, the universe doesn't work in linear. So you've already created the feeling, you've already created that. And I guarantee you, if you look around, it may not be that right now you have kids, 
but mm-hmm. it could be that you run a company and all these, you know, interns are your kids. Yep. You know, you still have the same maternal, you might be having the same experience. So that's where it comes into what you mentioned in the beginning of this interview was about blowing up the picture, right? Sometimes we need to readjust what we set out because we have become different people or bigger people or, or more in depth people or, um, uh, changed people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we need to change the vision. I'm all about that. Um, because some, and also I want people to be very careful about when you put out a vision to not just put out a vision and say like, well, I put out that vision. Where is it? No. What is the vision? What steps are you going to take? What accountability do you have? Is there a timeline? Do you have a date? Because I'm all about, let's shoot for the moon. If you don't get to the moon, maybe you'll wind up in South Africa. It's still a great adventure. Mm. But please have a date to it. I'm all about dates and, 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 and timeline and accountability because it's how you get things done, yeah. right? It's how you create that harmony in your life. So what Allison just said landed so deeply and impactfully for me. Sometimes we can hear things over and over again, and we hear it at the right time, the perfect time where it lands. And her conversation around setting the date and committed action really landed as a reminder for me, and I hope it does for you. I've always set dates. The reminder is committed action and what you want to accomplish. Set the date and go for it set the date, give yourself a deadline. And I confess here with Allison that I love living in the vision and sometimes I get to come down to earth. Possibility, let me live in that 5D world for as much as possible. I'll come back to 3D, (laughs) but I love living there and I will come back to 3D. But having that environment and those people that support you and love you, absolutely, and expectation. Letting go what you're saying and what I'm hearing you say, expectation works really great in scenes right? Um, yes. Because that creates drama. Yes. I have a great expectation is specific. And the other person comes in with expectation, bam, conflict, drama. We love it. In life, it is, y- y- you're not seeing the big picture, the other possibilities. No. And it's so limiting. Expectations are so limiting, mm-hmm. right? You said something earlier and you know, as we do this, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the audience and I, and I really want, I want, the, I want who, the people that are listening to this to stop, just push pause for a second. And I want you to say out loud, I want this and be courageous with it and bold with it. And it might make you feel really uncomfortable, but what you were saying earlier, that resistance is what your calling is. Why do you think, why do you think we resist? Why do you think, go ahead. Well, listen, because we're afraid. We're afraid or we have a judgment about what it is. Um, I mean, when you do this personal development work, I know you know this, when you run into somebody who's a very negative or very judgmental, you know, I sit there, I have to sit on my hands literally because I'm like, doing Uh, because really how you talk to yourself is so valuable right the brain is the most powerful computer we have It, it, it will do whatever you tell it it will go find you whatever you tell it and it doesn't know negative or positive 
So that is why affirmations and being positive is so important. It's scientific. It's not airy-fairy. I mean, truly. I know that people um, in the personal development world say about uh, pos positive affirmations, it can sound a little, you know, a little spiritual, a little out there. A no, it is actually scientific. The brain wants to go find you what you tell it. So I know when you hear people being negative um, or, or uh, they're, they're, they're afraid to say what they want, that's what it is. It's your fear or it's your lack of belief in yourself or your lack of confidence or that scarcity mindset that you were telling, was talking about. So I'm not saying that you have to wake up every day and be like, I'm going to do this no matter, like you don't, sometimes you have to fake it, fake that feeling, right? But you have to work on confidence. You have to work on your self-esteem. You have to work on how you speak to yourself. And you also have to know that you deserve whatever it is that you want, as long as you're willing to work for it and be consistent. Mm -hmm. And you get and be responsible. You get to have it. Yeah. You get to have it. So I think why people don't speak it, they don't say what they want, is because they're afraid they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. So if they keep it quiet or they stay small or they never say it, then they never have to fail. And no and nobody will ever know. Right? Mm -hmm. So when you just said put it on pause and say, I want this. If what you said after I want blank doesn't scare you, then it's not a big enough dream mm -hmm. because it's very hard to get out of bed and have your feet hit the floor in the morning if you don't have a big want or a big dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Come on. It's your life. Right? You should want the big things. Come yeah. on. Let's all, let's all go after something great but you have to be willing to work at it. And you know what, is it gonna be easy? Nope, but will it be worth it? 100% yes. Absolutely. And it's going to lead you on a journey that is just bold and, and, and epic and, and, and you'll surprise yourself. There's a person somewhere in your life and I would love for you to speak to this. There's a person somewhere in your life that told you you can't or told you you couldn't. And we get to acknowledge that and we get to address it and face that first because once we know where that voice comes from, mm -hmm. once we acknowledge that, then we can just kind of go, okay, I got you. I'm gonna do my 10 affirmations for the day and I'm gonna replace those voices with, I know I got it. Yes, please. I mean, in my early 20s, I think I was, you know, I'm, I'm a girl from New Jersey. So I, an Italian girl from New Jersey. So I have that energy. Okay. Let's just start there. So whenever anybody would be negative or tell me I could do something, I would have a really bad reaction. I would have a really angry reaction. Well, now I'm older. I understand what that reaction is, right? I understand. So when you have, I, I call it the FU response. When you hear that, mm, that, that anger, right? That is just somebody crossing a boundary on you. That is just somebody that made a snap judgment on you. We don't need to kill the person. We don't need, it's just, again, feedback. Mm -hmm. It's just a reflection. And instead of it as an edict or truth or a belief, you've got to acknowledge, how did it hit me? Oh, it hit me badly because it's not true. 
and you don't like that the person said that, you don't like that the person believes about that. Well, that person's belief about you is more about them than you. And what they think of you is none of your business. Now that all takes a lot of confidence and a lot of self-talk. But what I'm saying to you is you have to take when someone says something that you don't like and like exactly what you said, kind of deconstruct it. Huh, what was that? Cross the boundary in me. I don't like the character assessment and it's not a truth. Okay, not taking any of that. What is a truth? What is my belief? What is my want? And it has nothing, what you think of me, Brion, is none of my business. As much as I want you to like me and, and I want us to get along and I want you to think I'm great, at the end of the day, I have no control over what you think of me other than being the best person that I can. And that's a tough one, especially for creatives. That's a real tough one. For creatives, that vision has to be stronger than you being liked. No. Right? It, it, the, it, and, and, you know, there are, you know, there are moments that we can, somebody says something to us and we can evaluate and go, oh, let me, let me acknowledge that, particularly how I speak to certain people. You know, I have a very controlling nature that doesn't work with Charlie, you know, that doesn't work with my, you know, like certain friends. It works as a producer, works as a director, works in, in this container, but I get to shift. But when somebody says something to me, it is my feeling that I'm responsible for. And that's what I'm hearing you say. I'm responsible for this feeling. They're not. And you're no, not. And what, what is it? What are you going to do with it? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? Because it's feedback. So if you're going to take someone saying, you are a beautiful soul. You're a talented creature. I'm so appreciative that you're on the planet. You're going to take all that, are you not? Yeah. Does that feedback? Okay. So now if I say, um, I didn't really like how you just talked to me. Um, it was a little controlling. I'm feeling a little put. So are you going to dismiss what I said? So you have to kind of look at both sides of the coin and you get to evaluate, huh? Is this person overly sensitive or, or is this somebody that I was wearing a producer hat and maybe I should have had on my mentor, my, my guider, my helper, Maybe I should have, mm, I have to reevaluate. It's not personal. Let's not take things so personal. Exactly. As, right? As long as you're not being a, I'm sorry, a jerk, right? If you're not, if your side of the street is clean, then let's just see how we can be kind and generous with somebody and come back and say, hold on, can I ask why, why you feel that way? Imagine that conversation. Because trust me, our society, our everything that's going on with the breakdown in our, uh, our as humans right now, could you imagine if we could just have a conversation that is, what did you just hear me say? And I apologize if I offended you. Mm -hmm. You do a really wonderful job of uh, uh, expressing, you know, your childhood and how wonderful your dad was and 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 your 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 family and and you do a great job of positioning um, the the privileges that you had the them going in and saying and, and giving you so much and that wasn't necessarily and so so in that moment you're given all these things so if somebody tells you no that's going to create a reaction right early on when you were in your twenties as you said 
Yes, and, yes. And, and that reaction just comes from that. And so now I acknowledge it. Oh, okay, that's what that is. Now I can like uh, stoically, you know, move into uh, acknowledge the feeling, let it pass and then translate into, okay, with this person, I get to shift. I get to trans, I get to transform myself so that what I'm trying or want to communicate is read by them, right? Yes, yes. Here, here's something, and, and I, I say this with loved ones and business partners or anybody that's in your inter in your inner circle, right? Um, and, and and as you get skilled at this, you know you can branch out <laughs> to strangers and others. But um, I'll give you an example with my business partner Melissa. We're not only business partners; we're family, and we're when we're best friends. So we we will say to one another, "Okay, I need the I need your business hat on." So we will tell each other how to listen, right? Oh, great. So that no one's hurt. And I think we've had three misunderstandings in our you know, 15 years partnership um, because, and that was only because she was answering as a friend when I needed her to, in a business conversation or, or, or by, you know, whatever. But I think if we really want to have a relationship with people and we want to be in partnership with people and we want to be in relationship with people it's important to tell people how to treat us and tell them how to talk to us and that's including our representation the people in the industry if you are someone that likes to send an email and you're an over communicator please tell your representation i'm not telling them to take care of you but please let them know i'm an over communicator so i might send you 10 emails but i'm going to need you to knowledge at least two of them if not this is how it works because you need to really honor who you are as a person as a creative as an artist does that make sense to you Brian? yeah absolutely and and not to say that you can you can't so to acknowledge that also in you you also get to shift maybe this way works maybe this way works. it's all about understanding self and oh, it leads me into the void, right? So if I don't express that, you know, this person is going to assume all of these things. And, and you're going to assume all these things. And all of a sudden it becomes me versus you or me versus them or me versus the world. And then this terrible creation cycle starts because first I have to be okay with me. Then I have to be okay with me and you then I have to be okay with me and the world. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not willing to be okay, first of all, acknowledge what I need and what I want and how I communicate and am I an overthinker and am I an overcommunicator and am I sensitive and am I, yes, I'm all that. So now I tell you and me and you, we figure out how to do this and then I'm able to tell the world. And that way this value creation cycle starts. But if I keep this all to myself, I make all sorts of assumptions. I have all these expectations. And guess what happens? Lots of bad conversations, lots of bad communications, and tons of hurt feelings and assumptions. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, it's, it, that's authenticity. Authenticity in, and again, in scripts, it's great. Authenticity in a script works really well. Um, I'm angry. I don't have the emotional uh, experience to deal with it. So I'm going to throw this coaster through the, you know, or in real life, authenticity is 
I'm angry right now. Let me let me acknowledge why I'm angry and then let me breathe into it, move it away. And then the coaster is, is still fine. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because you thought it through, you thought it through for everybody as, a, but like you said, there's a difference between real life and drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is wonderful. I'm so glad that Alex connected us. I would love oh. to talk I would love to come onto your podcast. I will definitely sign up. Um, Absolutely. You have, you have your, your, this is what Melissa let me know that your, your book is available in, in online. And this Perfect. is something that you are willing to offer uh, for free. There'll be a link to your website, a link to everything. So the entire audience, and I highly recommend it. It feels like this was actually, cause I knew we weren't gonna have any problems have, filling up an hour, but this is how I <laughs> began it, was um, uh, the caterpillar isn't running around every day, freaking out that something hasn't happened yet. It just is and allows nature to take its course. That's what I'm asking of you here, to believe you can without evidence that it will happen. Think of this book as your mother nature giving you permission to believe in your infinite potential and possibility, Alison Robertson. And I loved that. Mm. I got goosebumps reading it and I, oh. I thought maybe it's just the font. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I've met you, <laughs> I love that because I actually picked the font purposefully I mean everything about my book I picked very purposely so that the creative or people that were freaking out could actually absorb the book and really take it and like their mind's eye their eyes didn't have to work hard I mean I, I did so much because I really do believe that you should have what you want and it's very trying for people to do that and it's it, it can be scary business so I wanted to make it as simple as possible for people to open up that possibility right and I'm so I'm so thrilled you're enjoying the book it and I'm really so thrilled is, to have met you it's safe it's really it's 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 safe <laughs> and scary and what I mean by safe is that I feel intimate with myself as I'm reading it mm. Mm. Oh, I like that I like that a lot <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's those hard conversations and you get to have those conversations with yourself, as you said, and then to your direct relationships and then the world. And as, as you strengthen that ability to have that vulnerability and honesty and authenticity, then the, then the power of that can, the, the, the fear and the threat, just your, your threshold of it just becomes uh, expansive. Oh, we have to do something together. I think this is, this is a great match. I love this. I'm down. I'm down. So I like to do this. You've already shared how you want to be seen. Um, and I see you as kind, generous, intelligent, heart-centered, loving, and mothering. Those are the ways that I see you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Do you use no sign language? Yeah, my I, I anytime I'm on a Zoom, I'm always I always say thank you in sign language. My my kids um, learn sign language throughout their elementary school, and um, I have uh, I had a client that was deaf, and he taught me so much. Mm -hmm. um, 
in his, he's an, a deaf actor and he taught me so much in allowing me to coach him and guide him. And I just, it's, it's one of the languages that moves me the most, to be honest. It's beautiful because it So there you have it, everybody. Alison Robertson. Please go to her website, sign up for her list, and download the book. Put this interview in your pocket and listen to it and listen to it over and over again. There's so many gems in here. I'm so grateful that you are listening. I'm so grateful that you're connected to this experience know that there's a world of support out there for you and people who are willing and see in you such power, such beauty, such magnificence, and you get to have the life that you want. You get to have it. And there are people like Allison, myself, and others that are in the world to support you through that vision.